Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. All right, we are getting into the word, uh, continuing with our theme, which is... Are you here? What is our theme? Yes, we are continuing with our theme for the month, <laughs> which is oneness. Somebody is very happy about being uh, uh, about oneness this morning. Amen. So we are continuing. It's been our theme for the uh, past few months because it's our theme for the term. Amen. And this um, uh, Sunday morning, we are introducing our new theme for the month, still under the timely theme, which is oneness. We are today introducing our theme for the month of August. Um, how many know that it's, it's already August on Tuesday? Right? It's already August on Tuesday. So we are introducing our theme for the month, um, which is One Hope. Somebody say One Hope. One. Louder, One Hope. One. We are not talking about Pastor Hope, but you will hear just now. What we are talking about. Somebody shout one hope. hope. Shout hope. Hope. Hallelujah. And uh, our subject this morning is the hope of my primary calling. The hope of my primary calling. The hope of my primary calling. Turn with me to the book of Job, chapter number 27. We are going to read verse number 8. Job chapter number 27, we are going to read verse number 8. The Bible says, for what hope do the godless have when God cuts them off and takes away their life? Listen to it in the message. I'm reading it. I was reading it in the New Living Translation. Now in the message it says, what hope do people without God have when life is cut Short. When God puts an end to life, because anyway it is. But then what hope do you have after the life the way you know it is cut short? What hope do you have? And in the Amplified it says, For what is the hope of the godless and polluted? Even though he has gained in this world, when God cuts him off and takes away his life. Because once the life is taken away, everything else that you have accumulated here on earth does not mean anything. What means the most is what's going to happen to you after the life you know, after the life that you know, after this life that you are living right now. Hey. Ngesizulukelalela Lompe fumula mausuge nyameni ya kukona la kufaneluye kone. 
My masakshua ni sunyama no pefmulo li ni temba lako. Li ni itemba longe nankulunkulu. Manje lombuzo long unzi makulu. Kota nisi yamba unkulunkulu guti. Tina eye tinda bai penelila. For what hope do the godless have? When God cuts them off and take and takes away their life. Now, our primary calling is unto God. We have a primary calling and a secondary calling. And in most cases, we take good care of the secondary calling and we forget about the primary calling. Somebody say primary calling. We have a primary calling, and that primary calling is the call unto God. Somebody say a call unto God. The call unto God, and God has called us first unto himself. Before God can call you into anything else, God can call you into business. He calls you unto himself. Before God can call you into the ministry, God calls you unto himself. There is no way that you can just run and do everything else that God has called you for without heeding the call unto him first. So that's the primary calling, the calling unto God, the calling unto himself. A calling uh, when it is described, a calling... When it is defined, it is an invitation. So God, the first thing that he invites us to, everyone loves an invitation. But the invitation that is key, that will cost you, is the calling unto God. Somebody say amen. So God has called us first unto himself. And that calling is an invitation. And God, first, and foremost has invited us unto himself. He has invited us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. Sometimes we are invited, most of us, yeah, the power of invitation, one day I preached about it. Some of us have been invited to weddings. Some of us have been invited, uh, have been invited to parties. Some of us have been invited, and it's beautiful, it's very nice when you get an invitation. So you get very happy in such a way that even those who are not invited to that which you are invited to, sometimes they even become jealous of you because an invitation is nice to say, I am going to so-and-so's party, I am going to so-and-so's wedding, I am going to so-and-so's graduation, celebration, whatever you can name. An invitation is a beautiful thing because you know that when you are invited, there's something that has been prepared for you. There is no way that you can have an invitation from somebody, a person who invites you without preparing for you. Yeah. Yeah. You are invited. You are not prepared for. So an invitation is beautiful. And some of us, the reason why we even were able to be exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it was because of an invitation. 
Somebody invited you to church. Somebody invited you to a crusade. Somebody invited you to lunch only to find that they were talking God and you were able to hear about this God that saves. An invitation is powerful. Now, the first invitation that God gives to us before we can access everything that he has prepared for us, he gives us an invitation unto himself. Somebody say amen. So as he gives us an invitation unto himself, we need to heed, to heed the invitation. We need to accept the invitation because he wants us to have access to that which he has already prepared for us. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, he has invited us to himself through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he sent his only begotten son, he was inviting us. So Jesus was like the mediator that he is, like a card that you, that you receive when you are invited to the wedding. So it was God who said, here is your invitation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to me because that is the first call that I am calling you to, to myself. That is, the, that is the reason why he sent his only begotten son to come and die for us at the cross of Calvary. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Second Peter chapter number 1 verse number 10. It says, for this reason, beloved ones, that be eager to validate and confirm that God has invited you to salvation, claimed you as his own. If you do these things, you will never stumble. So God has invited us unto himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is all about inviting us unto himself. Even when the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God himself, came here on earth, he was able to invite many unto himself because this is a very serious matter. The calling on of God unto himself is a serious matter. The heavens take this invitation very seriously. That is why when Jesus came uh, here on earth, wambata inyama wabamuntu, but he did not forget the mission of the invitation. He did not forget that he was supposed to invite many to come unto God, which is the primary calling calling people unto God Matthew chapter number 11 verse number 28 he says Jesus himself says come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest because he knew that he was supposed to call unto many he knew that people are weary. He knew that people have got burdens that they are carrying. And in most cases, the devil does not want us to heed this invitation, to heed this call that is inviting us unto our God because it does not want us to find rest. If there is someone who wants you, it is Satan himself. He wants you to work a wagesless work. He, he wants you to be employed by sin and work for sin. And each time you work for sin, you are heavy laden. There is always something that you say you are enjoying. 
But when you are when you are all by yourself and you are looking at yourself, you can see that this thing actually I enjoy it for a moment, but it is actually a burden. I don't know about you, but I've, I, I've come to realize under the sun, just like Solomon, that indeed sin is heavy. Sin is very, very heavy. So Jesus then said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. It was a call unto God. It was a call unto himself. And this morning, there might be somebody who says, that's me. I'm so heavy laden. I'm so weary. I'm so tired. I'm carrying heavy burdens that I can't even remove. It's better to, to, to carry a heavy box full of stuff inside because you can easily ask somebody else to just remove it from, from you or you can remove it for yourself. However, if you are carrying something that is in your soul, you cannot be able to remove that burden on your own. It is impossible that you can be able to remove the burden that sits on your soul. That is why then Jesus made this invitation so openly and said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, all you who are tired, and I will give you rest. It was because he understood the mission of the fact that the primary calling that God has called all men unto it is unto himself somebody say amen. amen also in luke chapter number 18 verse number 16 the bible says but jesus called them to him and said let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of for of such is the kingdom of god also in john 7 verse 37 jesus again says on the last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So Jesus was all about the invitation unto himself. All about the invitation unto God because that is the great calling, the primary calling. Now this invitation unto God does not take us away from the world. Yes, we are in the world but we are not of the world. But what I love about this invitation unto God, it causes us to have dual relevance. So in other words, we are relevant here in this world, but also we are relevant in the heavenlies in such a way that whether I am here or I am in heaven, I am still going to be relevant because the one that I have heed the call from is also eternal. He is here on earth and he is also in heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, because life in this world and this world as we know it will at some point come to an end. So therefore you are not safe if you are only relevant in this world because this world will come to an end. It's not me who is saying that, but it is scripture. In the book of 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 17, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, and the world is passing away and the last of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. 
So in other words, he who heeds this call to come unto God and do his will, that person will abide forever. That person will abide forever. Hallelujah. So in other words, it will not only be a person who is relevant here on earth because when the earth passes away, then that person will still be relevant. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Now, the world, as we said, the world will know it will pass away. That's what the scripture says. And he has called us unto eternity. So even when the world passes away for us, somebody say amen. Because he has called us to eternity with him because he is eternal. The reason why he wanted to call us unto himself and cause us to be in eternity with him, it is because he is eternal. The God that we serve is an eternal God. The God that we serve is not a God that will wake up one day having decided or somebody having voted him out of power. Somebody say amen. The God that we serve is seated on his throne for eternity. He is eternal. He's from everlasting to everlasting. There will never be a day when we will wake up and realize that he is actually powerless. There is nothing that he can be able to help us with anymore because his power is eternal. His sovereignty is eternal. It is forever. Who, what he is is forever. What he promises to us is forever. The thing that he has so to us as who he is as he calls us unto himself what he has told us that he is going to be unto us that is forever that will never change it doesn't matter the season it doesn't matter who sits on the earthly thrones the one who sits on the throne in heaven will never be dethroned by anyone else his power and his sovereignty is eternal and that's the reason why he has called us unto himself so that we can partake of his eternity somebody say amen he wants us to partake of his eternity because he is eternal. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 33 verse number 27, the Bible says the eternal God is your refuge. So in other words, one day he will not run away when you are trying to find refuge from him. He's not scared of the things that we are scared of. So when we run to him as our refuge, he will always be there because he is eternal now through the lord jesus christ he has called us to eternity he wants us to spend eternity with him he wants us to escape the eternal judgment and the eternal damnation he does not want us to be charged with the devil who's going to be thrown into the hellfire he does not want us to partake of what was only made for the devil. That is why he wants us to heed the call unto himself. Because he wants us to experience this redemption that he wants for us. So that we are not judged like what the enemy is going to experience. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 6 verse number 2. The Bible says of the doctrine of baptism. Of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal 
judgment. So there shall be eternal judgment. But God, when he calls us unto himself, which is our primary calling, he wants us not to experience this eternal judgment, which means it's not like you were, what you will imagine as we are busy watching the cases that are going on in our country. It does not mean that this day you will be judged and the judge will sit there and you will be on the queue and you will be judged and then after that uh, it's done. It's eternal judgment. So if, the, if what you have done has been painful, it means that pain will last for eternity. So in other words, I am imagining it like uh, you, are, you, you, you killed someone and it's painful. It does not give you peace. It's, it, it's not good here in your, in, in your heart. And you did not heed the call unto God for the forgiveness of your sins. Eternal judgment means that that pain and that unsettled, uh, that unsettled feeling will be for eternity. So when, when, when you are judged to say you have sinned and by killing the person. So it's going to be as if there is an echo. That keeps saying you killed, 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 killed. Every day, every minute, every, every hour. One day infinite will teach us about hell. I don't want to find myself in hell. Don't think that you will be thrown in hell. You will burn and then you, you, it will be over and it's finished. And no, I can take pain. Even when I am cooking, when, some, when the stuff burns me, I can take it. I don't like That one is eternal. I amen. Eternal judgment. So when, when the judge says you are guilty, so it's not like you, he says you are guilty and then you go and then you carry on with your life. Guilty, 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 guilty. For eternity. How long is eternity? It never stops. But God wants us to escape that. That's why he's calling us unto himself. He does not want that for us. And surely we do not want it for ourselves. That's why we must heed the call. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, he's an eternal God. He's an eternal God. And he wants us to partake in his eternity. Now, God's eternity includes quite a lot of things. But this morning, I'm just going to talk to us about six of, of them. I'm just going to list them and then I'm going to go. Remember, I promised you that we won't be long this morning. Amen. So I'm just going to rush through them and then we are going to uh, continue and then we are going to close. So God's eternity that he is inviting us into includes quite a lot of things. But these six, please do take note. Number one, it includes eternal salvation. Eternal salvation. Hebrews chapter number five, verse number nine. The Bible says, and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So in other words, we were saved, we are saved, and we shall be saved. So there is no way that when God, when Jesus comes back, or when, uh, if he tarries and we go to be with the Lord, 
there is no way that we will lose our salvation. But when we have hold on, when we have held on onto our salvation, we will also still be saved because this salvation is eternal. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two, eternal life. Eternal life. It includes eternal life. Romans chapter number six, verse number 23. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift, imagine, just imagine, you are giving time and energy and resources, but working to die. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God is very intentional about wanting us to partake in his eternity. He wants us to have eternal life. And I always say that many people think that eternal life is beyond the grave. But as we are living here right now, we are living in our eternal life. This is our eternity. We will live like this with God forever. That is why we said in Ayatinda by Peleli Lapa, Pelela Emma Pagatin. Because of Jesus Christ, we have this eternal life. Number three. Number three, eternal glory. Eternal glory. Second Corinthians chapter number four, verse number 17. The Bible says, For our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. God lives in glory. That is his dwelling place. And when he calls us unto himself, he is calling us unto glory. And we have been taught what the glory of God means. We have been taught what the glory of God can do for us. And when we heed the call unto God, we are saying we are interested in living with you in eternity, in living with you even in the eternal glory so that we can experience your power, so that we can experience your favor, so that we can experience your weightiness, so that we can experience the manifestation of your glory through your, your prosperity, your power, and your presence. Imagine walking with your, with, even though you are driving with your car, but you are in the glory. Even though you are walking down the street, but you are in the glory. Even though you are going to work just like everybody else, but you are in the glory because he will then manifest his presence in your life because he wants us to partake of this eternal glory because he is an eternal God. Somebody say amen. amen. Number four. Number four. Eternal bodies. Second Corinthians chapter number five, verse number one. The Bible says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building for God, from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. Eternal. Not just this body that we take good care of, and the Bible calls it a tent, and we forget about the call unto God. 
We forget about the one who is able to give us even eternal bodies. Number five, eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. Hebrews chapter number nine, verse number 12. The Bible says, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So in other words, as we are being redeemed through Christ Jesus, through the blood of Jesus Christ, that redemption is eternal. And Jesus himself went into the Holy of Holies so that we can have access to the eternity of God. Hallelujah. Because there is eternal redemption. That is why through this blood, even until today, we are able to go and have access into the presence of the Lord. The Bible says we approach his throne with boldness and obtain mercy in times of need. Why? Because we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Number six. Eternal inheritance. Hebrews chapter number nine, verse number 15. The Bible says, and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death. So he's a medi mediator of this new covenant, not by means of anything else, but by means of death. For the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. So he is the mediator of this covenant by means of death so that we can experience the eternal inheritance. So in other words, because each time there is someone who has died, that's, all, that's the only time we can be able to receive the inheritance. There is no any other way that you can receive the inheritance unless somebody died. So Jesus himself, as he calls us unto himself as God, he is calling us unto this inheritance, this eternal inheritance because he has already died for it and therefore we are supposed to have access to it. He is calling us unto himself so that we can have access to this inheritance that he has already given unto us and this inheritance is every promise that God has made in his word. So what we need to do is just to go into his word and look for all the promises because all of those promises belong to us. Every promise that God has made in his word is my inheritance. Somebody died for it. That is why we even need to remind the devil himself when he tries to keep this inheritance away from us. We need to remind him, we need to remind him that I don't have to die for myself. Somebody has died for me, for me to receive this inheritance. This inheritance comes by just receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, heeding the call unto God. And then you have access to this inheritance which is the promises of God. There are many promises of God and today 
under the sound of my voice, I believe that there are many of us who have not experienced many of the promises of God. I want us to never even shy away from going for every promise that God has. Somebody died for those promises to be made an inheritance for me. And therefore, I'm not going to shy away from going after every promise that God has for me. I am not going to shy away even if it means that when I don't see it coming to fruition tomorrow, I'm going to go and claim it again. If I don't see it being made manifest next week, I'm going to go and claim it again. Why? Because it belongs to me. The confidence that we need to have in claiming the inheritance that Jesus has already died for, if we have heeded the call unto God, is is like, I'm thinking about a person who knows that it belongs to them. If you have money in the bank that belongs to you and they tell you that you can't have that money, you go there with great confidence and you enter there and you say, no, 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 no. You are not going to dictate to me how and when I use my money because it is mine. You go with great confidence. Same with us as those who have heeded the call unto God. We have an an inheritance that is eternal. So in other words, devil, don't say to me because I did not get it today. It means I'm not going to get it anymore. This promise is eternal. This inheritance is eternal. I will wait on the Lord who is going to renew my strength. I will go back again tomorrow and claim my inheritance. If I don't see it, may manifest tomorrow I'm gonna go another day back again back again like someone who knows what belongs to them somebody say amen eternal inheritance that inheritance belongs to us through Jesus Christ now this calling unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ gives us hope in this world that is hopeless in this world that is full of fear this call unto God this eternal call unto God gives us hope we are not those who are supposed to live our lives as though we have no hope as though we have no where to run there's a movie that I, I, I that we used to watch that says nowhere to run but for us we have somewhere to run The righteous run into it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. So as we have heard the call unto God, we we, we are not those who have nowhere to run. We have a place to run. We have hope because when you are being chased by maybe someone that you are scared of and the only thing that you want to get to is to a safe place because you know it's there. But if someone knows no one there, there is no house and they are being chased after, they have no hope because they don't know where to go. But for us, we have hope because we know where to go. When when life tries things on us, when life becomes tough for us when life throws everything on us we have a place to run to we have a hope that will never disappoint we have a hope that will never turn against us we have a hope that will never say i don't want you today we have a hope that will never say today i'm not in a good mood come back tomorrow the hope that we have is a hope that will always be available and that hope is a person That hope is a person. That hope is a person. 
And that hope justifies us. That hope justifies us. That hope was promised to us before the time began. That hope is a person. In the book of Jeremiah chapter number 14, verse number 8, the Bible says, Oh, the hope of Israel, his savior in time of trouble. I don't know about you, but it is indeed times of trouble. But there is a savior. And that savior gives us hope in the midst of the storm. One day he was with his disciples and there was a storm. But because he was there, they had hope. They had hope right in the midst of the storm. I'm talking to somebody this morning who feels like there is a storm around their lives. Be it a financial storm, be it a a family storm, be it a personal storm, be it a career storm, be it a business storm. I want you to know that in that boat, if you have heed the call unto God, there is hope. And all that you need to do is to verify whether Jesus is in that boat with you. That's the only thing that you need to verify. As long as you can sense his presence, then you can continue. You are not going to sink. You are not going down. It may look as though you are going to sink, but you are not going to sink. It may look as though you are not going to make it to the other side, but you are going to make it to the other side because there is hope for a tree, even though it may be cut down at the sand of the waters. It shall sprout up, back up again. Others will think that the tree is finished, but at the sand of the waters, it will sprout up back again. Why? Because we have built our lives in this hope that is Christ Jesus. All that we need to do is to verify is Jesus present? Is Jesus present? So all that you need to do is to secure his presence. Forget about the boat and secure the presence. No matter even if it feels as though it's going to sink, if he is with you there, you are not going to sink. The hope, Christ Jesus himself, that hope is a person. Listen to First Timothy chapter number one, verse number one. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. The Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. So in this perishing and godless world, people are losing hope every day. People are losing hope all the time. But we need to always remember there is hope for us. Ephesians 2 verse 12, the Bible says, That at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So if you don't heed the call to God, what is your hope? We need not to be moved. We must never be moved away from this hope. Christ Jesus himself. We sang earlier and we said Christ is our firm foundation. He's the rock on which we stand. So whatever may happen, whatever the enemy may throw at us, as long as we don't let go of this hope, we know that we are going to be okay. I want you to know this morning that as long as you hold on to the hope which is Christ Jesus, no matter what is happening out there, 
No matter who says what, everyone is scared of what is going on in the world. But I want us to understand that for us, as those who have heed the call unto God, Christ Jesus is our hope. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Colossians, chapter number 1, verse number 23. It says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. We must not be moved. We must be steadfast. We must be grounded in this hope called Christ. Some of us are taking this call unto God so much for granted in such a way that even the smallest of the challenges of this life are even causing us to lose hope, are causing us to be weary, are causing us to be discouraged. Why? Because we did not take this call seriously to say when God has called me unto himself, he wanted me to have this hope which is Christ Jesus and this hope will never turn against me. This hope will never leave me nor forsake me. This hope is a hope that is eternal. Somebody say amen. But then we need to be steadfast. We need to be grounded. We must not be moved and we must never move away from this hope. Somebody say amen. amen. So Christ is our hope of glory. Colossians chapter number 1 verse number 27. To them God willed to make known that are the riches of the glory of this mystery amongst the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory. That even if things are not going well around me I can go within. Even if things are not looking good for me in the outside. I have the privilege that I can go within and see Christ in me, the hope of glory. And then somebody will see me even looking better the following day as if things have changed only to find that I'm still going through what I was going through yesterday. But I realize that there is the hope of glory for my life. There is the hope of glory for my calling. There is the hope of glory for my business. There is the hope of glory for my career. There is the hope of glory for my family. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this hope which is Christ is a revelation. The revelation of who Jesus is then gives us hope. It gives us hope to know who he is. First Peter Chapter number one, verse number 13. Therefore, get up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest. Your hope and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you will have hope when you get a revelation of who Christ is. Not a revelation of the church, not a revelation of the next person, but of who Christ is, then you will have hope. And you, when you have that, you need to hold on to that hope and never stumble. Tell yourself that this is my hope and I am going to hold on to it. Come what may, I have a hope that is alive, a hope that will never leave me, a hope that will never forsake me, a hope that will always be there for me. Somebody say amen. 
So there's no need for us to become hopeless. It doesn't matter what you are going through. I don't know what is it that the enemy has thrown at you. I don't know what you are going through in your mind, in your soul, maybe even in your body right now, maybe in, 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 in your sphere of influence. Whatever it is that you are going through, I want you to know that Christ Jesus is able to give you peace in the midst of the storm and give you hope to say this too shall pass. To say, even this is not here to kill me. This sickness is not unto death. Why? Because Jesus is coming. And Jesus is coming for me, who is the hope of glory in the inside of me. That is what we need to know. And that is what we need to always understand. Somebody say amen. amen. So it becomes our hope that our eternity is secured. It is Jesus who gives us that hope to say we are not going to be those but we are going to be those who are redeemed forever. He gives us the hope of eternity. First, uh, First Thessalonians chapter number 4 verse number 13 the Bible says but I do not want you to be ignorant brethren concerning those who have fallen asleep Lest you, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. We have hope that even at the end, Jesus will recognize us. That even at the end, we shall be with him. That's why we sang and said, Because there is hope for us. There is hope for our calling. And that hope is Christ Jesus. Let us stand. We are going to pray. Hallelujah. He is the hope of our calling. He is the hope of our primary calling. The calling unto God. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.